make our confession before we go into the message. And God, I want to thank you for your word today. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Prepare our hearts for your word. And stretch us, oh God. Let's say our confession here before the Lord. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. And we want to welcome everyone who is a visitor. We're glad to have you here at the Ark Fellowship. Today I want to uh, speak on a message, a title, The God of All Grace. The God of All Grace. That title is actually taken from First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 10, where Peter referred to God as the God of all grace. Meaning, if you have grace in your life, the only reason for that is because God's involved. God is the God of all grace. Not some grace. God is the God of all grace. Now, let me say this. If you have found grace in the sight of God, if you have found grace, (laughs) finding means you're looking, right? If you have found grace in the sight of God, he will constantly talk to you. God will talk to you. If you find grace in his sight, he talks to you. Secondly, his presence will always be with you. His presence will always be with you if you have found grace in the sight of God. His goodness will always be a part of your life. There was a man, Moses, found grace in the sight of God. And God told Moses, another thing, he will know you by your name. I know we always think, well, God knows everybody. But when you read in the scriptures, there are people that God has chosen not to even speak their names. You remember the rich young ruler? His name is never mentioned. God does not, did not choose to allow his name to be placed in his book. You know the story of Lazarus and the rich man? How come Lazarus is mentioned and the name of the rich man is not mentioned? He, God doesn't want his name as if he doesn't know his name. He calls, sometimes he says, a certain person. That's because God doesn't know that person by name. He knows them. But it's hard to say. He doesn't know them. He's God. But he did not acknowledge them. But God spoke to Moses. He said, you have found grace in my sight. And I know you by name. And then Moses replied to God. In Exodus chapter 33 verse 13. Moses said, now then I pray. Now then I pray. If I have found grace in your sight. 
If it's true that I've found grace in your sight, show me your way. When you have found grace in God's sight, there is a longing and a desire in your heart that is so strong, you want to know God's way. Show me your way that I may know you, that I may find grace in your sight. I thought you already found grace. Show me your way. Because in knowing God's way, you get to know Him. And when you know God, then you find grace in His sight. It's an amazing thing. Show me your way. That I may know you. That I may find grace. In your sight. And he said, consider this nation. Your people. And God's reply to to Moses, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. My presence will go with you. And I will give you rest when you know uh, when you have found grace in God's sight his presence is always there wherever you go even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death you are with me God's always with you when you have found grace in his sight but then Moses is hearing that was kind of painful to him. He said to God, if you don't go, go with us, do not bring us up from this place. And if you don't, how will the nations know that we have found grace in your sight? How will the nations know if your presence is not in our lives? How can they tell? We are different. We are a peculiar people. We are chosen of God. When you have found grace in God's sight, there is something around you that unbelievers feel, but they can see it. He's called the presence of God. They know you're different. They may not agree with everything that you're doing, but they know there is something about you that they can't really put together. You're different when God's presence is with you. So Moses said, how can they tell that we're different if your presence does not go with us? We need your presence with us all the time. And God made it clear. He said in verse 17, he said, So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this. What you have said, I will do exactly that. When you have found grace in God's sight, he listens to you. He listens to your heart's desire. That was his desire already. But Moses said it. And God said to Moses, I will also do what you have spoken. I'll do it. Finding grace in God's sight. And you know, every one of you, and we'll come into that, every one of you today that have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, 
The reason you did that, you found grace. You found grace. You're somebody special. It's his own choice. And listen to what he says. He says, I will also do what you have spoken. For you have found grace in my sight. And again, he repeats it. And I know you by name. You see, God knows you by name. Now, what's God saying? I know your name. No, he knows everything about you. And he's still pleased. He knows everything about you and he's still pleased. I know you by name. So when you talk to me, I listen. And I do what you're telling me to, to do. I do it. That's why if you read in John chapter 14, Jesus verse 13, I believe. Jesus says, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Why? You have found grace. You found grace in my sight. And every one of you looking at me this morning, you are here in God's house because you found grace. You found grace in God's sight. He says, I will also do that. But then there is another part of grace. It's, it's two ways. God has his commitment. He's totally committed to you even to the point of death. His son proved that. He's committed to you. But then grace walks inside of you. And that grace wants to make wants you to know God. It pulls you towards God in a very strong way to love God. And if you're not there, I wonder, where is grace? Because as soon as God told him that, guess what he wanted more to do? I want to see your glory. You know what Moses was? I want to see you. There was something burning inside of him. He wanted to be so close to God. He wanted to see God. Do you think that Moses didn't know that seeing God may cost him his life? He knew that. But he's that close. He could care less. I want to see you, God. In person. And he was not refused. God said, okay, I will make my goodness. Notice. No, no. All my goodness. Amen. I will make all my goodness pass before you. Hello. I will make. You guys are not excited. I am. All my goodness. I will make all, not some, all my goodness pass before you. What does that mean? They say, well, one goodness is just past. Let's see what's coming next. No. God's saying, every area of your life will feel my goodness. Every part of your being will feel my goodness. Your children will feel my goodness. Your body will feel my goodness. Your job, your profession will feel my goodness. All my goodness, I will make all of my goodness pass before you. That's not just for you to see. It's for you to experience. Amen. He makes you experience 
his goodness. No wonder David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I got goodness. And he concludes, goodness and mercy shall follow me. When, how many days? Because his presence is there all the days of my life. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. All the days of my life. I say, that's nice. I wish God would really do that. Hey, you unbelieving believer, God's already said it. God's already said it. All the days of your life, I will make not some, but all of my goodness pass before you. And then he said, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. What does that mean? God proclaiming his name? (laughs) What he's saying is, my name and everything that I am will be your covering. Amen. You're covering everywhere you go. You're covering. I think that believers are experiencing less than what God has in mind for them. My people perish for lack of knowledge. He has a lot for us. We have no reason to be afraid of anything, even in the presence of difficulties. Sometimes those difficulties were designed by God to work for you. Because the Bible says all things work together. So those troubles, they are working for you. Bringing you something good. That's the truth. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And then God says, I will be gracious. To whom I will be gracious. And I will, become, I will have compassion. On whom I will have compassion. And some people say, well, I don't know if that includes me. Hello. I will. Well, if you're sitting in church this morning... It's too late for you to think it doesn't include you because you're here. Amen? It's too late. You think you planned this yourself? (laughs) You're that smart. You planned this yourself. This was from the foundation of the world. God saw you and said, I want that one. I just like him. And you say, why? I just choose to like him. You're going to fight that? He is the Lord of glory. He likes you. (laughs) He loves you. He, He likes you. He wants to be in your presence all the time. Would you stay around somebody you don't like? He loves you. He likes you. Until we... Understand, God loves us so much that he wants to hang around us every minute. We will not get to see his face. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You know, you think about that, pure in heart. I don't know if I'm pure in heart. He's not saying, blessed are the perfect. 
Right? Is that what it says? Pure in heart. David wasn't perfect. But he was a man after God's own heart. Right? He was pure in heart. He wanted God. He wanted to know God. He said many times, My soul thirsts for thee. The same hunger. I want to be around you. My soul thirsts for you. I want to be in your sanctuary. That's a pure heart. And when you have that for God, you see Him. And things will be transformed. When you find grace in God's life, everybody can, everything can be going around, going to pieces for everybody else. I've seen that in my wife's life. A lot of people are falling. But God told me, this is what I have. That's the truth. A thousand may fall at your side. And ten thousand at your right hand. But God says, he won't come near you. It happened to Noah. It happened to Noah. God said, I'm going to destroy everything. Including the creeping things on the earth. That includes Satan. He's a creep. (laughs) I will destroy everything. But then God said, Noah found favor. And guess who God talks to? He doesn't talk to anybody else. Except Noah. When you found favor in God's sight, he talks to you. And he listens to you. And he does what you ask of him. That's favor from God. He found grace. He said, Noah found grace in God's sight. And as the flood, you can read through that whole, the book, starting from Genesis 6. And he says, it's like God almost forgot Noah in the boat. And then all of a sudden, the Lord remembered his, his friend, Noah. And he sent an, an east wind, get rid of the water quickly. I need the guy out of the boat. When you have found favor in God's sight, no matter how terrible, difficulties and problems come your way. God always has a way. Noah wasn't trained in the act of building a boat. Hello? God taught, taught him how to do it. Today, you know, I'm standing here, even the guys that know how to build boats, how could they build a boat to hold all the animals? Especially if you are alone and haven't done it before. My thing is, God, can I just die with them? I don't know how I'm going to do this. But God taught him how to do it. When you have difficulties, the Bible says, he makes the way. When you have found grace in God's sight, he has a way out for you regardless of the problem Satan has brought against your life. If we will believe it, 
we will see God's manifestation in our hearts. You see, God's always looking for opportunity to manifest himself. You know, I was thinking the other day, when God wanted to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt, I mean, just slap Pharaoh one good slap and he'll let the people go, right? And Pharaoh will understand it. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't do it that way. He wants to show off, okay? If you want to, let me show him, right? He gives them lies. They cry for a while. He pulls that back. He gives them another. That's the God. When God's around you, he'll use your life to show off in your enemies. They know you have difficulties, but then he shows off in the different ways. He walks around the problem, and finally they say, they walk up to you, and they say, I also have this kind of problem. Could you pray for me, please? Because they have discovered that there is something about your life. Because you found grace. You see, the thing that's so important about the words that you hear, you see, God watches over his word. And even though the disciples heard Jesus and walked with him, they didn't know that they were being cleansed. But Jesus said, you are all clean because of the words that I've spoken to you. And the guys are looking at him, really? Yeah, as you hear the word of God, things are manifesting. There are changes coming into your life from the inside and they're coming out. They're coming out because God is at work in your life. I like the scripture. The end is always better than the beginning. Amen. That gives me some good feeling. Don't look at what you see now. He's still working on me. Okay? And I'm going somewhere. And there is glory there. Moses wanted to see his glory. And God says, I'll show it to you. Now, there is a turn. The grace of God that we're talking about is here. Available to every individual. The grace of God is here. You know this. Um, I believe it's John, John chapter 1, probably verse 17. He says, the law was given by Moses. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law that was given by Moses, was it for everybody? Could it, can you take yourself out of the law that it doesn't apply to you? The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So, truth is here. Grace is here for everyone who wants to have. Amen. No matter who you are, the law applies to you. You can choose not to obey the law, but the law of Moses applies to everybody living on the earth. So is grace. It's available for anyone. 
You want God's presence? You want God to speak to you? You want God to know you by name? Embrace the grace that God brought into the world through His Son, Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came through Jesus. Did you know the prophets, they prophesied in the Old Testament? Grace is tangible for those who receive grace. Grace is powerful for those who receive grace. Grace is almost like a being. He came through the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible also tells us that the, the Spirit of God, that's in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 29, is called the Spirit of Grace. And we're coming to that. He's a being that came to our world through Jesus Christ. And you, this morning, can even have more grace if you choose to. More grace. He said that they prophesied. First Peter chapter 1 verse 10 of this salvation. It's funny. Every time grace shows up, there is salvation. I know people think about salvation being saved from sin. That's, that's really narrow. Salvation is freedom. The ultimate part of salvation is heaven. But here on earth is freedom, provision, health, goodwill. Remember when Jesus was born? Glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace. Goodwill toward man. Remember the scripture? Goodwill from God. <laughs> People say, goodwill, what does that mean? Have you, do you know what, they have, what it means to have a will written for your, on your behalf? And the, the one who made the will died, right? Jesus, goodwill. You can benefit from that. He says in the word here, of this salvation the prophets have inquired and searched carefully. Who prophesied of what? The grace that would come. But I'm saying that was then. But now grace has come to who? You. Grace has come to you. That's what he said. They prophesied. Prophecy is meant to be fulfilled. They prophesied grace to you. And all you have to do is receive that grace. Is it available to you this morning? Oh yes, it's available to you. All you have to say, my hands are open, God. I will receive all of your grace. And if you do that, it's yours. It's yours. We make things too complicated. Uh, we would like to take a little credit. I fasted and I prayed. And I called upon the name of the Lord. So the Lord gave me, no, all you have to do is receive it. Receive the grace. Thank Him for it. And, and then the grace begins to work inside of you. To bring about the change. For by grace are you saved through faith. It is not, it's the gift of God. It's not as a result of works. So you don't boast. There is work, but there is really no work. The work is to believe. 
in John chapter 6, the, the, the people who went to Jesus for bread, they asked, hey, what can we do to do the works of God? We want to do works. Jesus said, labor for, for, for that which leads to eternal life. Jesus said, this is the works of God that you believe. Believe on him who he has sent. So when you believe what God has said, so there is a real struggle. The enemy wants to tell you, you are not really believing, you can't receive, it's not for you. God doesn't really care about you. What about this problem you have in your life? If God is for you, why is this? Why is that happening? And all of that, now you are so confused and you don't know. No! Let God be true and every man a liar. Say, I have received the grace of God. He's mine. And that grace will begin to work for you. Amen. And when grace, you know the word grace, it makes everything beautiful. When a woman is real classy, all women are classy, please excuse me. She has so much grace. Have you heard that? There's so much grace about her. Makes everything beautiful. And God's working in you to make you beautiful. Amen. They prophesied of it. The problem is this. Many in the church, they they have not heard what Paul was saying. Let me show this to you. I believe every one of us here this morning, we've all received the grace of God. He's there with you. And if you don't, I want more of that grace. I want more of the grace. But if you, if you don't, ask God for it. But this is what Paul says. That's the second half of this message. We then, as workers together with him, that's workers together with God himself, also plead with you. So God's pleading with you, and we are also pleading with you. Plead with you uh, not to receive the grace of God, what? In vain. It's your choice. The grace of God can transform your life. But you can receive the grace of God in vain. And we see that in every, in every denomination today. Among Christians everywhere. The denominational churches, Pentecostals, Charismatics, Evangelicals. You see this happening today. They're living like they're lawless. A, a born again person. Knowing what God has said. He's living with, with, with a girl. That he's not married to. He feels nothing. He's going to heaven. So the grace of God has become like a big cover up. I know I'm a Christian. And I'm not li- I know I'm not living right. But thank God for the grace of God. Really? So you can do whatever you like. There are Christians who are addicted. And, and we just say, well, God understands. I don't know about that. I really don't know about that. Because you can receive the grace of God in vain. 
Otherwise, Paul would not be saying this. Because then he says, God has said, in an acceptable day, I heard you. In the day of salvation, I helped you. So God will help when there is grace. You have to desire it. You excuse it, there's no grace. Grace cannot work. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. You can be free. This fellow told me, it's hard for me to hear. He says, good luck, you know, for you, it's either white or black. There are no gray areas. So I'm leaving your church. Oh, yeah. Visited me at home. Because he says, I know pastor friends. They, they put the Bible here and, and they have their drink and they have their cigars and cigarettes and they are smoking and they are studying the Bible. I said, I've never known anybody like that since I've, since I've been born. Not even pastors. But these are pastors. These are pastors. Do not receive the grace of God in vain. Let me say this. Please put the scripture up. Um, Matthew uh, 7 verse 21. 721. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, we enter into the kingdom of heaven except those who do the will of my Father. And I'm, get, I'm telling you, God's will is not for you to be living, committing adultery and committing fornication and doing all those crazy things. And you're a Christian? No! Yes, you're not perfect, but if that's part of your life, you're crying out to God, Free me, oh God. But when you can excuse it and stand for it, something is not right. Something has gone wrong. Well, I don't believe that. It doesn't matter what you believe. It's what he says in the word. You have to live right. So we have people in church. (laughs) I said it the other time. You know, I, I, uh, I think maybe on Wednesday, I pray that the parable of the ten virgins is just a parable and not a prophetic word from the Lord. That's all I pray. It's just a parable. Because the Spirit of grace, the Holy Spirit, He says, five had all. Five. There were ten. Five didn't. That's half of the church. If it's a parable, I mean, if it's, it's a prophetic word, the church is in trouble. Half of the church. This is something for which somebody, Jesus gave, God gave his life. And you're just going to do whatever you like and argue that it's Okay. And God thinks it's okay. I think many people have confused the difference between justification and sanctification. When you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're forgiven. You're justified. Because you believe. But Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 He says, pursue peace 
with all men. Say with me, all. That includes your mother-in-law. Be at peace with all men. And then what does he say? Be at peace with all men. Hebrews. When I lost my, my place here. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Holiness that's another word for sanctification. Separation. Second Corinthians six fourteen. He says, Come out from among them and be separate. We have to be separate from the world. It's not a social gathering. And we're not saying this, you know, to the, well, pastor wants to be hard. No. This is about heaven and hell. One of the reasons I gave my life to Christ. I figured that I cannot handle the heat coming from a little fire. Hello? That's me. I'm sorry if you didn't think that way, but when I was getting saved, I was thinking about this fire business. And I knew that God, He doesn't just speak, He means it. You try your finger in a little fire. <laughs> Excuse me? You mean somebody will be in that through eternity? And if God doesn't do it, he lied? I know he's serious. I don't think I want to go there. I like air conditioning, okay? If you live in Houston, you felt it. You know how you run real fast from your car to get into a cool place? There's no place to run to. I told myself, please, God, please. Uh, whatever it takes, I want to be there. <coughs> Notice what it says. Pursue. Pursue it. If you're running after something, you don't, you're not paying attention to anything else. Right? Pursue after peace. This business of, well, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know how they hurt me. I don't know if I can forgive them. Huh? Really? So, you want the other place? No. Holiness. He says you can't see God without it. We cannot see him without I don't care how they make you feel good in church, but God will not change his word because of what the preacher is saying. I'm telling you. He's not going to change it. We have to do what he says. When I was saved, you didn't have to tell me. I knew things that I sh- I knew places where I shouldn't go. I knew. You don't have to preach to me. I knew. Things have changed. But we are in the last days. And the Bible says perilous times will come. Where people get saved, they never go to church. They stay at home. They know what the word says. It doesn't bother them. Look. Please give me Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29. 
Hebrews chapter 10. Please, uh, bear with me, okay? Because one day, I have to stand before God and give account. I have to stand before God and give account. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 20. Because they tell you, once you're saved, you're always saved. Really? But what does the scripture say? What does the scripture say? You know, if you told me that and I believed it, when I was saved, I would change nothing. I would change I just go back to what I used to enjoy. Yeah. The booze. And the James Brown way of life. <laughs> I feel good. You know about that? I'm telling you. And the Kung Fu fighting stuff. You know, remember? Some of you are really young. <laughs> so, I think I'm giving my age away. This is not fair. <laughs> the young people are saying, what is that saying? Why are they laughing? What are they, what are they laughing about? That's not funny. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but seriously, look at what it says. Of how much worse punishment compared to the unbeliever. Now listen. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God under foot? Counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified. If he is not saved, how could he have been sanctified with the blood? And yet we are talking about punishment. We are talking about punishment. Let's start again. Of how much worse punishment. So this person stands in line taking first place for judgment. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy? Who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified, was sanctified, meaning he got sanctified, God separated him, God saved, but he got away from the grace. He got away from God's grace. May God not allow anybody here to ever get away from his grace. I pray that in Jesus' name. Let me be soaked in his, in his grace. By which he was sanctified a common sin and insulted the spirit of grace. When that happens, this is a saved person that went the other way. And God says, this is, is going to be worse for you than the unbeliever. 
And then the church is saying, just say these few words. Repeat after me. And then you don't live the life. You don't care about worshiping God. You don't do anything for the kingdom of God. You don't go to church. You go from time to time. It's not a serious thing in your mind. And you think this is good for God. Is that the spirit of grace? Absolutely not. It's more serious than what we think. And I don't want to start the race and not finish it. You don't want to begin to build. And then the people like Jesus said, he began to build, but he never could finish. Building is your life with God. But the grace is available for you. And you can build your life. It's your choice. He says, don't receive the grace of God in vain. Don't receive the grace of God in vain. I pray for more grace. You know, Paul said this. The grace of God empowers you for service. If he's there. That's number one. The grace of God empowers you for service. Hebrews 12 verse 28. Therefore, since we we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have what? Grace. By which we may serve God acceptably. Grace enables you, empowers you to serve God in an acceptable way. That's what the grace of God does for us. That's what the spirit of grace does for every believer. If it's not working in my life, then I wonder if he's there. When you can excuse something that is obviously evil and maintain that it's okay, something has gone wrong. We have, from the day of Adam, the knowledge of good and evil. You know. You know it's wrong. But you have discounted the spirit of grace and you want to do it your own way. But for those who have grace and have submitted to grace, all they want to know is, show me your way. That I may know you. That I may find grace in your sight. You know, Paul says this. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not what? In vain. His grace towards me was not in vain. I labored. You understand? I labored. But I labored more abundantly because of the grace of God in my life. He gave me the empowerment to labor even more. Where sin abound, grace did much more abound. Paul had more because of his past. So he labored more for God. So how can you have grace? You can't even go to church. You don't have time for prayer. You don't read your Bible. You are mean. No one wants to be around you. What is that? How can that be grace? If your children want to get away from you. That cannot be grace. I labored. Paul was like Moses. 
He says, I want to know him. You remember that? I want to know him. I want to know him, him intimately. Even the power of his resurrection. I want to be a part of that. And that's when the spirit of grace is at work in a person's life. Man, I'm going to go to church today to mark it present. I was in church. No. This is serious business. I want to know him. Grace is a covering against everything that's evil. Because the Bible says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. So sin doesn't have power over your life. And then it tells you why. Because you are under grace. You are under grace. So sin cannot have dominion over you. Grace makes you a master in life. I'm going to read the scripture as I'm close. For if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive, again, say the word with me, receive, those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, that's your justification, you receive the gift, and then you receive abundance of grace for your sanctification, use a big word, those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign. Where? In this life. It makes you a master. Paul said, I will, be, I will not be a slave to anything. I will not be subject to anything. I will live for God. And then finally, grace is always a good teacher. Grace is a good teacher. One, grace empowers you to, for service. So you can serve him acceptably. Two, grace is a covering against everything that's evil. Number three, grace makes you a master in this life. And then number four, grace is a teacher. If grace is at work in your life, he teaches you what's right. And empowers you to do what's right. So that you are blessed and you can find more grace with God. Titus chapter 2 verse 11. He says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that you to deny ungodliness. Ungodliness. There are people, men that go to church, they are so mean to their wives. He says, I'm the head of the house. What kind of head is that? A mean head. Denying ungodliness and worldly loss, we shall live, guess what it says? Soberly. Soberly. Gravely. Not lawlessly, where nobody can predict what you're going to do. If they know you, your anger thing, when it flies off, everybody's in trouble. Unpredictable. That's not it. Soberly. Soberly. Righteously. And godly. Where? Again, in this present age. In this present age. Looking for the blessed hope as we live. And glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. For by grace we are saved. Grace takes us all the way. But we must apply grace in our lives. 
Say with me, I have the grace of God at work in my life. I have the grace of God at work in my life. One of these days, I will see every one of you in heaven because I plan to be there. No matter how how fast grace runs, I'm running after it. And I'm going to catch grace. Amen? And that's your portion also today in Jesus' name. Bow your heads with me today. Every one of you, because of the grace of God, I'm going to say to you today, you know what's going on in your life. You know how your walk is with God. How closely are you walking with God? Have you lost your first love? Is he taking first place in your life? You know, for Jesus, nothing in this world mattered except what his father desired. For Paul, nothing in this world mattered except his master, Jesus. He is, these people, Jesus, our Lord, Paul, Peter, they are our examples. And today we can make that commitment. It's not by our own power, but by the power of God, only if we are willing. And if you are willing this day, I believe that God will pour his grace into your heart. You may not feel anything. Just like when we receive Jesus, sometimes you feel nothing. But there is a change. If you are like me, I know you want more grace in your life. Today, If that's you and you want more grace, you want the power to be totally and completely dedicated to Him, to serve Him as number one in your life. Would you please stand up today? Stand up. first thing, you know, I'm, I'm really very tired to, to see all the arguments people have about different things because they just don't want to go with God. If you really want to move, number one, if you're not being filled with the Holy Spirit, make sure you get filled with the Spirit. It's very important. He is the spirit of grace. You can't live a life without grace. If you are able to pray in tongues, I will encourage you to pray in tongues. And if you are not able to do that for an extended time, seek God. It's very important. Because there's something going on there. It's just the truth. I've been there. So I know. If there is any fear inside of you, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Please talk to somebody. It's eternity. We're talking about eternity, you understand? It's eternity here. 
That's why I'm being bold talking to you. If you're struggling with that, talk to somebody. Talk to me. I have time. I'll talk to you. Because I want to see you in heaven. It's very important. It's not about church. It's about living for God. Okay? Sometimes we forget the focus. We like the glitter. No. One of these days, all of that will go away. And reality sets in before God. And that's all I want. If you don't, please talk to me. I will help by the grace of God. And you can do it. It helps you to draw closer to God. Amen? It does. Lift your hands up to God this morning. What we like to do is this. Everything that is contrary to grace in my life. Say with me, I renounce. Say with me. Everything that is contrary to the grace of God in my life. This morning, I renounce. And I welcome and receive everything that has to do with the grace of God. I receive into my life this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Give him a clap, offering. We have received.